Um, I, I don't think what I want to speak about today is the same as uh, Ross's message, but there is some, some points of connection about when we go through stuff in life and life storms. So I want to go through some things that we, as my own uh, friendship group, we've been going through the way that we posture ourselves before God. And we've been having a really great time with a, a particular teaching on intercession but it is so real for everyday life that i want to bring some of that into our everyday life because it's so very important so that's where i want to go today we'll see we'll see how we go it's look at that 10:58. i've even got extra two minutes so i'm not lonely up here till 11 that's great so um let's pray and then we'll jump in and see what god has to say eh so father we just thank you we thank you for the opportunity that we have for being your house we thank you for the freedom that we have to come we thank you, Lord, that even in Ballarat today, it is an outstanding, beautiful day. Thank you for your sun that's shining, because, Lord, I, I just know there are particular moments of the day where we could be so disappointed or oppressed that just to see the sun outshining, to walk in the sun, gives us a, a, a sense of hope, Father, as we walk in that sunshine. And, God, you are our sunshine. Lord, spiritually, you are our sunshine. You give us, Lord, not just a sense of hope, you are our hope to face the tomorrow every day. So have your way in this message, I pray. May they be your words that are spoken uh, and may we come away from this place actually having something shifted or changed in our hearts that leave us, Lord, having been either pruned or trimmed or moulded more into the image of your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's start with this, this thought that in life... Uh, Often we can go through a whole bunch of things, trials, tribulations, you can call them storms if you want, you know, troubles, uh, life's just like that. And along the way, it, you know, we've got a whole bunch of victories and successes, but for whatever reason, sometimes life can feel like a real toil to us, to all of us, you know, whether it's kids, work, school, study, sometimes you just feel like that you're always working and working and working at things. And we're often faced with a reality because of our thinking that sometimes life feels like it's just full of stuff that's not that good you know and yet even as ross mentioned last week sometimes it's in the not the stuff that's not that good like the cross that we discover this the things of beauty and we discover the things that we need to work through life that make us more like jesus yeah so in amongst all of this stuff, tribulation, trials, storms, etc., um, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to fight a good fight, to fight a good fight, fight a good fight of faith, fight a good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6.12 actually reads, Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you, were made, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So I guess a good fight has to be a fight that you win, yeah? Like it can't be a good fight if you lose. It's not a good game of football if your team loses, you know? If, you're, if we're going to fight a good fight of faith, it has to be a fight that we win. Just a, my simple thought, you know? Yet... For me, I also think that so many of us look and feel in life because of storms, like we've been fighting a battle that we're losing. 
we just get over one circumstance in life and something else rolls our way, you know? Anyone ever felt like that? Like, it's just, it's like, again, now, something else? Are you serious? What's going on, you know? Like, how about you give me a break? How about I'm just on holidays for a year? Sunshine shining for a year. How about my petrol tank's always full for a year? That would be nice, yeah? But there are a couple of awesome examples that I want to pull out of the Bible, some stories that I think give us an insight. So you'll just have to follow me here. So Joshua 6, verses 1 to 10. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I love it, the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you're to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, Take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Some of the armed men marched in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing the horns. And I love verse 10. Do not shout. Like he knows that he's heard from the Lord. I'm going to get you to shout. But then he says to the people, do not shout. Then he goes even further. Don't even talk. You know, could you imagine? Don't even talk. It's like an old traditional church. Don't talk. Shh. <laughs> We like when people talk in church as in, in giving encouragement, you know? Not when you're whispering to the other person, is he ever going to finish? We don't like that talk. Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. So here's Jericho, the city with the impenetrable wall, the city whose gates are closed, yeah? People can't get in or out. And then in verse 10, Joshua gives instructions to the children of Israel and he tells them, walk, but don't talk. Walk, but don't shout. Walk, but don't say anything. Don't whisper to your neighbor. Don't, don't, don't do any of that. In fact, they're not allowed or permitted to do anything until he actually says, until I give you the word. Until I give you the word, don't you do anything but walk, yeah? I've often pondered, and I've had different theories, and I think it's not that any of them are wrong. I, I think they all work together for good. But why? Why did he tell them not to shout, not to talk, not to do anything until he told them? And, and I think it's this simple truth that the children of Israel hadn't yet learned how to fight the good fight. They hadn't yet learnt how to fight the good fight. See, after a couple of days of walking around a wall, an impenetrable wall, whose gates are closed, I don't know about you, but I know me and the, the normal everyday stuff that I go through. If I was walking around an impenetrable wall with gates that were closed, can't get in or out, and I'm told, don't you say, I just know in my thoughts... I'd be thinking, what a waste of time. This is ridiculous. 
We are, there is no chance we are going to die here. We're not going to get into those walls. It's all over Red Rover. You just think about it. 24 hours. And then another 24 hours. Ask my wife what I'm like at home after an hour and nobody's home. I've got no one to talk to. I ring her. Like she was talking recently. She goes, I leave my husband at home and after half an hour, an hour, he's like going nuts. So he's ringing me. Like she would love her time. Yeah. But I'm thinking if I'm walking and now it's 24 hours and it's 48 hours and it's 72 hours, I'd be going nuts and all that I believe I would be consumed with is... Man, this thing's not going to happen. I don't have any money. Where's my friends? What's going on? You know, why can't I talk to anyone? This is ridiculous. The wall's not coming down. There's no plan but to walk and shut up. See, when you and I, I believe, are going through the storms of life, situations in life, and we're walking around that situation, and we don't see the end and we can't see how it's going to play out and the tunnel feels like there is no light at the end of it yeah i actually think our thoughts we start to get consumed with negative thoughts just naturally we'll start to become critical of the people that have told us to do a particular thing and it doesn't look like it's panning out i think naturally as humans we start to see the negative we start to see the impossible situation truly being impossible yeah and i guess over the years all of my 49 years that i've learned that negativity is really contagious yeah so one negative person can infect another negative person. In fact, negative thoughts can jump from one person to the next person. It's like a good head of hair full of nits. Yeah? It can jump from one person to the next, no matter what you do, unless you take care of that initial infected head. Yeah, those nits are just jumping around. They're coming. Yeah, they're going to be in your pillows and in your sheets and, and your other kids and you're really hoping for boys so you can just shave their heads because girls won't let you do that. You know, we've been learning in our friendship group in relation to the joy of intercession that as we pray and pray into things that we can do that from three different places, three different realms, three different postures, yeah? And... Though we have three postures, three realms, and I'm not going to get into the in-depth theology of all of that. I'll mention some of it. But we're only meant to live and operate in one of those areas, one of those postures, not the other two. And this is where I think the Israelites hadn't learnt yet to fight the good fight because the first posture or the first place that we seem to place ourselves when we're going through life's storms is the physical, tangible realm, Yeah? Like, I'm hurt, someone's hurt me. You know, they, they did something, they said something, I feel this, I don't have money, I've lost my job, I can't pay my bills, I'm totally anxious, I'm starting to feel depressed. It's, it's in a place that is total, totally tangible with what you're going through. It's a place of reality, yeah? It's real. You, 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 your marriage is falling apart, your relationship 
You know, someone in your family's died. That pain's real. The circumstance is real. The death is real. The sickness is real. You know, that all of that is so real that we seem to posture ourselves there. And all we can see, a little bit for me, like the children of Israel walking around that wall, is no way out. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. This is life's not worth living. Lord, if, you, Lord, if, if you're smart, Lord, you'll take me home now. Because no one in here has ever prayed that over their whole life, have they? Yeah? If we're to be honest, yeah? I think everyone has had moments. I remember going through school and the first four years of high school, I was, I was picked on fairly severely. Um, though, like a, like a good person, the last two years of high school, I turned the tables and was the person that was doing the bullying. How wonderful is life for others, Yeah? But I remember, I remember really clearly one time and I got jumped by a few guys in a stairwell and it was four of us fighting. You know, I probably only got one or two punches in. But I remember being slouched on the stair saying, Lord, you know, like I, I, I'm a Catholic. I haven't had an encounter with God where I've given my heart. And it's like, this is a joke. Just take my life. You know, and I think all of us, if we actually look back through life, Christian or not, we'll find little different moments where we've just, life is just too much, yeah? And that first posture is when we're totally engulfed in what we're going through. That's all we see. That's all we feel. And when we're in that place, it affects our talk. It affects our actions. It even affects our prayers, you know. Because we start praying, we're sick and we, we start praying, God, we don't want this pain and we're totally focused on what we're going through, yeah. But... Then there's a second posture, and the second posture is for what I call the super spiros, yeah? the super spiritual. And all they see is the demonic attack. You know, you've got a pain in your back, oh, that's a demon. Let's pray the demon out of your back, you know. Your relationship's falling apart, that must be Jezebel. We need to pray against the demonic spirit of Jezebel. Some of you might not even know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, there are people that live in the sec what they call the second realm. This is where the angels, you know, when Daniel's praying the prayer, yeah, and after 21 days, Michael, you know, he gets the word, Michael's been fighting, you know, the prince of Persia. That's that second realm. That's happening up here. That is actually a real realm. We fight not against principalities and powers, yeah, uh, you know, but in flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. That's a real place. The second posture, when we're going through stuff, storms in life, is when all we can see is what is attacking us. And so we start to attack it, yeah? We start to attack what we feel is the spiritual you know, thing that's robbing us of stuff in life. Problem with that is the enemy is not entitled yeah, to any of your time. Yeah? You have totally wasted and given away what he wants and that's your time and your focus. Yeah? Because you're, you're so caught up. Well, you're so caught up in what's happening. And there are some circumstances in life where there is a demonic attack. But again, like the physical reality of the stuff that we go through, the third posture is where you and I should live if we want to learn how to fight the good fight. And the third posture is really simple. It's placing yourself in his presence. It's placing yourself at his feet. It's not having answers but just resting.
It's just going to him, regardless of how you're feeling, what you're seeing, what the circumstances is, in, is around you, regardless of what you may have some insight, because you could have a, a, a prophetic type gift, you might have some insight into what's happening in the spiritual realm, you know, that, that second realm where the angels and demons are fighting. But it's not for us to focus there, for us, yeah, as his royal priesthood. We're just meant to sit at his feet. It's at his feet that we get answers. It's at his feet that we receive revelation. And it's from that place that we can pull things down out of heaven. It's from that place that we can actually speak life into the things that we're going through. Yeah, We don't have to focus our prayers, our actions, our words on what's actually happening. But what we need to do is place ourselves at his feet. Because there, 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 there as his children. Yeah, we have this wonderful opportunity to hear him, to know him, to know his will for the stuff that we go through. See, we're not supposed to live in those other areas. <laughs> because when we do, it drains us of all hope. If you're stuck in your circumstance, it's going to drain you of all hope. If you're forever fighting a battle without knowing the end, without sitting with the captain that's actually won the battle already, it's going to drain you of all joy. Yeah? See, I think Joshua knew that. And he thought, if we're going to win this fight, then we need to see the solution. And the only way to see the solution is to sit in the presence of the Almighty God. It's to sit in the place that you're now entitled because of the work of the cross. Yeah? We need to know and see what God sees. Isn't that our, our theme for the year, seeing what God sees? We need to, to see and to know what God sees because we can't focus on what seems like an impossible task in front of us without sitting with him. It's only with him that what looks impossible now becomes possible. Yeah? What looks impenetrable looks penetrable. What looks totally, I cannot, I, I don't have it, I'm overwhelmed all of a sudden in his presence. I can overcome that. Yeah? Joshua asks them to be quiet because I think he was saying, if you don't have anything to good to say, don't say anything at all. If you can't see what God's about to do, then don't speak your trash. Don't speak your negativity. Don't speak your doubt. Don't speak your confusion. Don't infect others with that stuff, with your lack of faith. If you don't know that the Father has a solution for your situation, then just walk and don't talk. Yeah? You know, we know that they eventually shout and the walls come tumbling down. You know, I love how the Bible says in Matthew 6.34, Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The only way for you and I to, to fight the good fight of faith and to win is to posture ourselves not in what we're going through or what we can see coming tomorrow. Yeah, It's not to place ourselves only seeing and experiencing the physical stuff. It's not placing ourselves where we're just... Now we're just, we're worried. How we, how, how's this going to work? I don't know how tomorrow's going to pan out. What's going to happen when I get to school, get to work? What's going to happen? When we place ourselves there, we rob ourselves of the ability, yeah, to fight the good fight. So the only way to fight the good fight is to place ourselves where we now have access because of the cross. In the heavenlies, yeah? Aren't we citizens of heaven? 
Aren't we citizens of heaven? If we're citizens of heaven, why aren't we sitting in places of heaven with the Lord? Why aren't we doing that more? The only way to fight the good fight is to posture ourselves in his presence. It's there we get to see how Papa sees. And it's there that we learn that he is and always will be the solution to everything. And in fact, he's got the solution. We just have to hear his will for it. If we know his will, we know how to pray into a situation. If we know his will, we can actually stand with our shoulders back, head lifted up and just move forward regardless of what we are actually experiencing because we've postured ourselves differently. It's only in that place that revelation comes. I loved Grace's story in praying for the people and just getting words of knowledge that she knew didn't know they were knowledge but in speaking them discovered that they were knowledge because she had placed herself in the presence of God where revelation comes where we hear his voice where we know know within our knower inside of us his will you know I shared a passage of scripture in January and um, it's in 1st Samuel 30 and I I won't read it all but it's about David and his men and they're arriving home in Ziklag and you know, they'd been to war and they realised that the Amalekites, when they were at war, actually came around behind them and stole all the women and children. Yeah, and so they came back to find that their wives and their kids had been stolen. And verse 8 says, David was now in great danger because all these men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters because they blamed him as the captain. And they began to talk of stoning him, but David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord his God. Can you imagine what it was like for David going through that? Can you imagine what it would have been like for David's men having been to war? The scripture says that God was on their side. They were winning the battle, but when they got back home, their wives and their children had been stolen. Can you imagine what was going through their minds? Will they abuse them? Will they kill them? Will we get them back? What have we done? You know, They would have been filled with discouragement, depression, despair. They would have been filled with every negative emotion and thought known to man. And I don't know about any of you, but have you ever been in a situation so depressing, so discouraging, so overwhelming that all you can do is cry because you're filled with hopelessness? Yeah? There is no light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah. David, for me, experienced that firsthand. But what do we see him do in the midst of his discouragement, his depression? David, David starts and begins to fight. He begins to fight the good fight of faith. So he knows that it's not over and he knows the only way through this is to go where the answer is. It's to go where I can find the solution. Because the solution to me, I figure this is what he's thinking, it's, it's not possible. Our wives and children have been stolen. We were out fighting. We don't even know where they are. We figure they've gone in that direction. And it says that he found strength in the Lord. So here's my suggestion. Instead of posturing himself where all he can see and feel is the pain of the reality that his wives and their wives and their children had been stolen, their minds and imagination going wild as to the outcome of that. Instead of living in that place, instead of starting to fight 
the enemy and Satan, you know, I rebuke you, Satan, for taking my children and my wives. He doesn't do that. Though we know that the enemy was at work. What does he do? He strengthens himself in the Lord. But how? He postures himself in the presence of the Almighty God when everything else is being ripped apart around him. See, in doing that, in sitting in the presence of the Almighty, David learns that Father God has the answer. And he gets the answer. And he knows that Papa has the solution. In fact, it gives him hope. And it gives him a perspective to keep walking through that pain. To look upward. Though he was dying outwardly, inwardly something had shifted. And now he's got this strength to move forward. Yeah? Now he has this strength to face everything that he's going through. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, but I like the amplified version. The King James is just a bit old. <laughs> and the NIV doesn't capture it. So I'm using the Amplified Version. You will show me the path of life in your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. Does that scripture say, in your presence, as long as the rest of life is going really well, is fullness of joy? In your presence, life will be so good that your joy will be full? It just says, in your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. See, for me, David's learned that when you're going through stuff in life, the only fight worth fighting, and you and I have to get this, is to fight, is the fight to get into his presence. It's the fight to get into his presence. It's the fight to get into his presence. There's a beautiful song by Will Reagan, and, um, and it's called Not in a Hurry. And there's a, 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 a chorus that just says, I'm not in a hurry when it comes to your presence. I'm not in a hurry when it comes to your presence. I'm not in a hurry when it comes to your presence. Because David knew we need to learn that the only fight worth fighting and the way to fight the good fight is to fight it in his presence. It's to fight it in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. And I love this, Nehemiah 8.10. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food, sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So to sit in his presence, our joy is now full, and that joy becomes our strength. Maybe some of us lack strength and joy because we're not sitting in his presence. Maybe we don't have strength to face the stuff that we're going through because we've not filled up on joy because to do that, we need to sit in his presence when life around us sometimes feels like it's a storm and everything's falling apart. Yeah. He looked to heaven. David looked to heaven. We need to look to heaven. We have access to his presence because we're his children. Yeah. In Papa's presence, his fullness of joy, his joy becomes our strength. And it's these times in life that strength is what we need. Yeah? Strength is what we need. And I've got to say, his presence isn't, it's, it's not just reading the word, it's not doing devotionals, it's, it's all of those, but it's not those. It's just sitting with him, sometimes in silence. Sometimes, Lord, I'm just going to hang with you. What do you want to say? And then the hardest thing for me is to shut up. But it's in his presence that revelation is revealed. It's in his presence that our joy is made full. It's in his 
presence that when that joy is full, now we have the strength all of a sudden to face tomorrow. Melanie will tell you over and over, and she, she used to say it all the time, I can tell when you've spent time with the Lord and when you can't and when you haven't. She goes, just because of the way that you're reacting to things. You're freaking out about small things. You need to spend time with the Lord. <laughs> do I really? Why don't you do it for me? I love people with all the answers. So many lack the hope, joy, and strength to get through life because we fail to sit with him when all we want to do is something because of what we're going through. Yeah, Think about it. We want to fix things. We want to get things right. I, I am such, I am guilty on, on all charges Yeah, when it comes to that. I need to do something to make it right. Trust the Lord. Shut up, Mel. <laughs> you know, like, stop that. But I have to sit in his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. And he, the joy of the Lord is my strength, Yeah. Everything you and I need to get through those storms, those hard times, those trials, those tribulations, is to get in and posture ourselves in the presence to see how he sees, to know his heart in the stuff, your stuff. If you don't know what God's saying with what you're going through, just stay, sit, rest. The answer's coming. Yeah? Daniel had to wait 21 days for the answer because there was something happening in that spiritual realm, in that second realm. But he wasn't focused there. He was focused on just sitting with God and he fasted and prayed. Yeah? And the answer, the revelation came. You know, Coming back from Mansfield, Nathan uh, wanted to, our youngest son for those that are our guests today, there's a couple of beautiful hills because we're up next to Mount Buller and some weren't so steep and every time we saw a hill, he wanted to go for a run. Oh, I want to run up that, I want to run and then I'll roll down. I'll run up that, I want to roll down. But there were a couple of hills that weren't, they weren't at 90 degree angles but they just felt like they were, they were just so steep. Yet there was just trees littered across those hills and yet they would dinky die straight. They were just beautifully straight and I said to Mel I go have a look at those trees look how straight they are she goes that's because they grow chasing the sun that's because they grow chasing the sun see when we go through stuff in life the crooked parts in life when life feels like it's like that yeah the storms of life the only way for us to grow straight in our walk is to seek the sun yeah? It's to chase after the sun. It's to sit in his presence. We will grow in our faith and through life's adversities to the extent that we chase after the sun, sit in his presence. Because that determines how you grow, yeah? And it's the only place to experience peace that goes beyond our understanding. The only place. The only place. You know, Leif Hetland, um, preacher, has a quote and it says, It is your privilege as sons and daughters of God to know your identity, experience his intimacy, receive his inheritance and walk out your destiny to reign in life with him. What a brilliant quote, yeah? It is your privilege, he says, as sons and daughters, to walk out your destiny to reign in life with him. Now, there's a really old hymn that we used to sing when I first got saved. We used to clap to it because we didn't have musicians. 
you know, and, and I've sung the one line that I can remember here many times, but it's the battle is won by lifting Jesus higher. In other words, get into his presence. Turn your focus on him. Don't focus on the physical battle. Don't focus on the spiritual battle, but focus on him. Lift him up and the battle is won when you lift Jesus higher. Amen? You know, we can get caught focusing on the spiritual enemy. We can get caught focusing on what we're experiencing physically. Or we can posture ourselves. Yeah? Posture ourselves, pointing towards heaven, knowing that God has the solution. Because it's in his presence that he speaks revelation to us. It's in his presence that he speaks truth. It's in his presence that we discover his will. It's in his presence. I love the way Colossians 3 puts it, Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. So when in life we have or we're facing financial hardship, how are we going to approach that storm? Are we going to pray in a way that we're stuck in what we're experiencing? Are we going to pray in a way that we're going to go after the principalities and powers? Or are we actually going to learn something from David and from Joshua? Are we going to strengthen ourselves in the Lord by sitting in his presence and allowing his joy to be full in us so that joy can turn to our strength? You know, where we posture ourselves will determine how we react and how we act and how we speak. How we see is going to be how we pray. You know, I, I wonder, could the reason that Jesus was able to pray, Father, forgive them, was that because he was constantly in the presence of his dad and he knew the solution already. He knew that God had a solution for his situation, yeah? Why don't we stand? You know, I believe that for many of us, we can get so caught in the trap of always contending, always crying, always decreeing, always battling over the stuff that we're going through in life that we miss the fact that we have victories to celebrate yeah and we miss it because we've postured ourselves in the wrong places they're there we acknowledge them we know them but we're not to live in them we're supposed to posture and live in the place of his presence where everything flows you know there's a a quote an unknown author of this quote it's god's opinion of you is greater than man's opinion of you. So God's opinion of you makes man's opinion irrelevant. Go and find out what God says about you. So I thought, I like that quote. I'm going to change that a little bit. God's, so now this is my quote. God's opinion of what you're going through is greater than yours or man's opinion of what you're going through. So God's opinion of your situation makes man's opinion irrelevant go and find out what god says about your situation yeah matthew 11 29 to 30 says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light 
Can I ask everyone, just for a moment, just to close your eyes? Because I just want to, I want to propose something. If you're here today and you want peace in the situations that you're facing, that you know that are coming, peace for things that you've been through recently, it's in his presence. Maybe you're here and you need hope today. I just want to remind you, it's in his presence. Now you're desperate for joy. Your joy will be made full in his presence. You know, maybe you have had moments where you feel as though you just don't have the strength to go on. I just want to say that it's in his presence, his fullness of joy, and that joy will be your strength. So while every eye remains closed, I just want to pray. If you're in this place today, and you know that you need to not just sit in his presence, but you need that joy that comes from his presence. Maybe you need to learn how to sit and not speak. Yeah, Just to, to wait on him. I don't know what it is for any of you. I know what it is for me. I know the struggle that I go through to place myself in his presence, the place where I'm now entitled because of the wonderful work of the cross. But it's in that place that I get peace. It's in that place that joy comes. It's in that place that I have strength to face tomorrow. If you need that, then what I'm going to ask, without looking around you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And then we're going to pray a prayer together. If you need that peace, that joy, that strength that comes from his presence, just raise your hand. If you want to learn, if you want Holy Spirit to teach you how to sit in his presence, just raise your hand. Because together, you and I will journey life. Yeah, Together, as family, our burden won't be heavy because we're now carrying his yoke. And together, it will be his joy that will be our strength. So Father... Lord, I know life can be really tricky at times. Lord, I know life can, can toss us about. But I thank you, God, that you've given us the ability to place ourselves and to posture ourselves at your feet. Father, it's at that place that we become a royal priesthood. It's in that place that we become the mediators between heaven and earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us the strength and the wisdom to posture ourselves in your presence. Allow us to sit there, God, to hear your will, to see what you see in our situations. Father, may you bring fresh revelation. Lord, may you bring the gifts, the talents, the resources, the things that we need to face our tomorrow when we sit with you. Lord, I thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Lord, no matter what we're going through, Father, you will give us a way out. You won't let us go through anything that we cannot bear. And I know, Lord, the only way for us to bear it is to go through it with you. Father, help us to sit with you. Teach us how to do that more and more, that we may be so full of your joy, Lord, that our strength would be contagious, that those around us would come to us for times of comforting, Lord, during their storms, during their trials, during their tribulations. I thank you that today we are your children. We are the children of God. We stand on that identity. We stand in that truth. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're our Father. And everybody in the house said...